Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 142 of The Body Nerd Show. On today's show, I'm joined by Mike Fitch, and he's sharing how to learn new movements and exercises safely, the key to staying injury-free no matter what, and why body weight training is still Mike's favorite way to stay strong and flexible. As a lifelong learner and self-proclaimed nerd, it's always awesome to come across other people who also love to learn almost as much as I do. And honestly, Mike Fitch is exactly that. And I became aware of him through Equinox, where I used to teach, and his program, Animal Flow, was one of the courses that we could take as instructors. And he is a super innovative fitness educator and movement coach with over 18 years of experience in the fitness industry. And he's the founder of Global Body Weight Training. And under that umbrella, he's developed multiple programs that focus on skill-based body weight training, including Animal Flow and the Body Weight Athlete Program. And you may have seen him. He's been a contributor and the subject of lots of press and outlets such as Good Morning America, Today Show, Men's Health, and more. And honestly, one of the things I loved most about our conversation is that he too is a huge body nerd, especially anatomy. We talked after we finished recording about our next anatomy lab that we definitely need to get into. And he's also a master at distilling how to learn new movement skills in a really clear step-by-step way. If you check him out on Instagram, he's mikefitch.af. He shows all of these awesome movements that look, you know, super, super aspirational. And in our conversation, he talked about how like, yeah, that's great, but like, let's get back to the basics and also what are the basics for you as an individual. So if you're a movement nerd, if you've been tempted to try a new workout, if you just want to learn new skills, whether it be a push-up or a muscle-up or literally anything in between, and you don't want to feel like a dweeb while you do it, then today's episode is for you. So here's my conversation with Mike Fitch. Let's start where I always like to start with the question, what do you like to get nerdy about? And what was the last thing that you learned? Uh, yeah, I'm a bit of an anatomy nerd. So some of my friends, Jill Miller from Yoga Tune Up, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. Yes, I know her very well. (laughs) You know, she wrote a fantastic book called The Role Model. Uh, Her and another friend of mine, Tom Myers from Anatomy Trains, got together and did this awesome little um, joint effort where Mm -hmm. Tom explains the anatomy trains lines and then Jill talks about how to roll them. So I had seen them promote this, I don't know, months ago. And I just, I was like, two days ago, I finally was like, oh yeah, I meant to check that out. So I purchased the program and every spare second that I've had recently over the past two days, I'm just like, play. And I'm like, okay, I have to get back to work. I have to get back to work. Pause. So that has been just so, so enjoyable. I love both of those two, those two people so much and they're Mm -hmm. just brilliant. So I've been geeking out to them. 
Yeah, that's so awesome. And you are in uh, also anatomy nerd company. So I know my story, but what got you into anatomy? Like what was the first thing that you were just like, oh my gosh. So I, you know, you mentioned earlier that you used to work with Equinox, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I started off with Equinox. That was my first training job. I was 19 years old. I was living in New York City. This is 22 years ago. And, you know, Equinox is a great company in the way that they put so much emphasis on educating their trainers and continuing that education. So when I, when I started there, it was not only just being part of that culture, but I had a really great mentor who was an older trainer there that I really looked up to. He, you know, brought a lot of awareness to the need of understanding the body, how it functions, how it works, how it's made, et cetera. So that was a big thing for me. And then uh, I, I did a lot of self-study, but then also early on, I got into a lot of Paul Check's work. And that mm-hmm. was definitely really, really eye-opening for not only just anatomy, but functional anatomy, you know, how, how the body works in motion and not just um, in a cadaver lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you had the opportunity to get into the cadaver lab? I have. I have. I did a cadaver lab with uh, Michelle Dalcourt from Viper and Institute of Motion. And then it was in conjunction with um, one of the guys from Anatomy Trains in Amsterdam. So that was super fun. Mind blowing. I know my first time I was just like, what? Oh my God, this is what it looks like. It's nothing like the books. They lied. (laughs) Isn't it amazing when you look at the the books because it's an artist's rendition. It's Mm -hmm. beautiful illustration, but it's not necessarily the way it's not at all. I should say the way that the body looks like inside when you actually open up, it's like, Oh wow. Okay. So everything truly is connected. It's all stuff. Yeah. I mean, especially too, I love that you mentioned anatomy trains because that's been so fascinating. Um, you know, inside of my membership movement mavens, we talk a lot about like, okay, here's your wrist and here's issues that can happen with your wrist and here's your neck and here's stuff that can happen with that. And then like starting to bring in anatomy trains and more of like the fascial lines and how everything is tied together and how this very, like just looking at this part and looking at that part, like that's not realistic because like you're saying, your body is completely connected and how all of the parts are moving or not moving are impacting one another all the time. Yeah. And especially if you, so in animal flow, when we teach workshops, we, we kind of bounce back and forth between the original muscular subsystems, like when you look at, you know, flexion chain, extension chain, anterior oblique sling, in addition to Tom's work. So it's like, okay, yeah, flexion chain is very, very congruent with superficial front line. So, you know, you, it really, it really takes it a step further going, let's not just look at the contractile part of soft tissue. Let's also look at the continuations of how one tissue becomes another tissue, becomes another tissue, becomes another tissue. So it's really nice to have that ability to, to have different lenses in which you can look at the body through because Mm -hmm. yes, we are a hundred percent all connected. And then, you know, and then since we're already talking about that, it makes me think of, Dr. Spina's work with FRC, where it's, yes, we are all connected, but do you have a shoulder that actually works like a shoulder or a hip that actually works like a hip? And if not, mm-hmm. you gotta get that shoulder to work like a shoulder and the hip to work like a hip in order for all these other things to be possible. So it's, it's really nice to have all those different influences and to, again, have those different options of lenses to look through. 
Mm-hmm. And how, like, tell us more about an uh, animal flow too, and how, you know, your process and education and curiosity led you to animal flow, which honestly is like, you guys just created a mini documentary. I'm going to link to it in the show description. It's just as far as like human movement goes, it's such, it's beautiful, right? To watch people move in all of these ways and like what's possible with the human body as well. Mm. So I, I had been working as a personal trainer being a dorky personal trainer for almost a decade. And I, I ran the gamut. So every, every time something would kind of come into the, the collective consciousness of fitness and training, I would just get, get into it. So, you know, really got into early kettlebell training, really got into Olympic lifting, really got into the pre post rehabilitation world. And, um, you know, even though I had dabbled a lot in weightlifting over the years, I just found my, myself in a place where I believe most guys do. And I don't want to say that it's gender specific, but I know that a lot of guys, especially working as personal trainers, um, usually will find themselves in a place where they just want to get jacked and they want to be as, big, <laughs> as strong as they can possibly be. And I, I definitely was in that for a couple of years. And you know, as much as I knew about training, as much as I knew about proper periodization and programming technique and blah, 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 I was just like, man, I feel really terrible in my body right now. I feel like I am only expressing one physical ability, which is just to be strong or to build muscle. And that's it. I felt like I was, you know, just like eating one thing every single day. And I was really dishonoring the, the incredible complexity of the human system. So I decided to get real uncomfortable and put down the weights hundred percent and just start exploring body weight styles of training. So, you know, started off with calisthenics and street workout stuff, which really, really inspired me because I was, uh, just the idea of not needing anything other than your own body weight is an incredibly empowering thought, mm-hmm. especially when you, when you really accept it as like, no matter where I go, as long as I have my vessel, a little bit of space, that's a gym. If I have something to hang or pull up from, that's a luxury gym. I'm good. <laughs> it's really cool. So anyways, from that, I got into more uh, gymnastic style training, which was really humbling and really uncomfortable considering I was like the oldest person in the class and the worst <laughs> by far. But uh, that led to parkour, which I really, really got into parkour. Uh, parkour led to breaking, breakdancing, uh, again, which I was terrible at. But the, the thing is that I was like, wow, there are so many things here that my clients could benefit from. I knew that right away, but I knew that they would also never go to an adult gymnastics class. They would never walk into a parkour gym. So I started thinking, is there a system that I can create taking my current understanding, then current understanding of anatomy and movement and combine it with these new things that were giving me so much inspiration and create a system that anyone could walk into and feel successful at right away. And they could see the power of it right away. But if they chose to get deeper into it, they certainly could. And that was really the catalyst for creating the animal flow system. And I always say, like, it, you know, I, I spent hours, endless hours on the ground figuring out how the pieces could fit together, figuring out uh, a language around it, just creating these parameters of a system. And 
I put the entire thing together in about three months and it's taken me every day, every day since to learn it. I'm still learning it. I'm still learning more about it. And every time I get the opportunity to teach it to somebody else, I of course learn more about it. So it's mm-hmm. been, it's been 10 years since we started or since I, I put out the initial program and it's just been a crazy, wild, awesome ride. Mm-hmm. And since you've explored, you know, so many different styles of movement, both for yourself and within animal flow, what would you say are like the foundations to good movement? Like if you can do these three things or what, however many they are, then you're set up to walk into a breakdancing class, walk into parkour, walk into a group exercise and know that you're going to be okay. Uh, I don't know that I would say that there are three things because, you know, the, and I know you're not saying there are exactly three things, but, <laughs> uh, you know, our bodies are, you know, an accumulations of the loads and stressors that we've experienced through a lifetime. Great Katie Bowman quote. I don't know if I quoted hers, if that was accurate or not, but basically it's a great way of saying every single person has a very, very unique body and it's, their current state is dictated by everything that they've done up to that point in the history of that person. So for one person, just learning how to get up off the floor may be an excellent tool that they can use that may save their life at one point. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas you have someone else in contrast who has been an athlete their entire life, but maybe their athletic endeavor has had them sitting on a cycling bike in one position their entire life, you know, versus someone else who's really great at a sport, but that just means that they're really great at three particular movements that make them really great at a sport. So everyone is this, is an individual snowflake in that way. And what is movement competency to them can look totally different to somebody else. So for me, it's, you know, if someone comes in the door, it's okay with how they are presenting their body right now, how can we meet them where they're at and how can we make this a successful experience? And there is no right answer to that other than just creating a space where someone feels okay failing. And I think that's Mm. something that's so important because, Mm -hmm. you know, when we look at all these different styles of movement, whether it be, you know, dance or whether it be CrossFit or yoga or, or whatever, um, they can all be very intimidating to to people that are brand new. Mm -hmm. So in order for them to even walk in the door, that's an extraordinary accomplishment for them. Mm -hmm. So if they walk in that door and all of a sudden they're felt like they they are made to to feel, someone the the experience makes them feel lesser than, then Mm -hmm. the likelihood is not very high that they will come back and continue to, to explore that experience. So for me, the most important thing is just starting. It's just starting somewhere and Mm -hmm. starting somewhere outside. I mentioned this earlier, outside of the things that make us feel strong and make us feel safe. Because, you know, as humans, we have the tendency to go to those things, the things that we're quote unquote good at or make us, you know, make us feel safe. And not that that's a bad thing, especially if that means the difference between moving or not moving. If it's going back to something that you love doing, awesome, fantastic, do it. But if you're already someone who moves in a certain way, and when I say move, that means it could be a boot camp class that you do once a week, or it could be that you're a rock climber that you do, you know, you practice every single day. But the, the, the thing that I'm trying to get at is the ability to just try something new 
within that may, you may find that gem. You may find the thing that makes you want to do it all the time because there are such a huge population of people who just haven't started yet. They're waiting for whatever. Everyone has their reason, but you know, mm-hmm. they just have to get them started. If they're already working out great, try something new. So it's mm-hmm. adding variety. So I, I totally went around your question and didn't answer it at all, but <laughs> did it in a super long winded way. But essentially I think what every person needs to have is just the ability and desire to want to try something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, that fear of failure, uh, <laughs> I'm like overachiever perfectionist right here, um, is huge, right? Like, and then I think too, the fitness industry comes at you with like, and if you don't do it this way, your knees are going to explode or your back is going to just like disintegrate. And there's so much fear just like baked into it already. So you don't want to look stupid. You don't want to fail. And then you think too, that if you fail and you do it wrong, like death is the only option. <laughs> and so they make it like so super scary to be a beginner and to like start again or start for the first time. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think that's one of the things within this, this fitness spectrum that that we're playing in is that it's really common to hear like, this is the way you have to do it and you have to do it. It's like, it's not an option. This is something that you're told that you have to do. It's almost like it's a chore. And if you don't do it this way, then you're an idiot. You're wasting your time. And, (laughs) you know, and I have to say, like, I, I, I admittedly am, am a little guilty of being a personal trainer at one point where I thought that I knew so much about being a personal (laughs) trainer that I was like, Oh my God, look at what that person's doing. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And then you have to, I think you have to be in it and go deep enough to where you get to the other side where you just go, Hey, they're doing anything. That's amazing. That's so mm-hmm. cool because you can have the best workout system program, whatever it is in the entire world, the best trainer in the entire world. If you don't enjoy doing that thing, you're not going to do it. So then you're not getting any results or any benefit. So that's why mm-hmm. that message I think is so important is working out. doesn't have to be something that you dislike. It doesn't have to be a chore. It can be something that you enjoy doing and love doing. You just have to find that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, of like almost blurring the lines between working out to like achieve a specific goal, which there's a time and place for that too, but also like moving your body because you can move your body and just to like be the fullest expression of like a human and enjoying movement, you know, like there's space and room for both of those, I think. A hundred percent. You know, when we're looking at, uh, you know, our bodies are these incredible adaptation machines and for good and for worse, you know, so, so we do have the ability to adapt to consistent stressors, uh, as long as they're great enough, but not too great. So they have to be Mm -hmm. somewhere kind of right in the middle. So whenever we're looking at the adaptation process, if I do the same exact movement every single day, everything in my body is going to adapt to that. So my tissues will adapt, my nervous system will adapt, my breathing patterns will adapt, everything adapts. Whenever we're looking at this ability to inhabit our vessels longer and to train to last and and allow our training to dictate how we're going to feel hopefully in our body many years down the road, we have to look at this topic of resilience. Mm -hmm. And resilient bodies are bodies that experience load in a multitude of ways. So it's really about variability. So one of the best things that we can do to enjoy our bodies longer is continue to do things 
that allow us to move through space in all directions at as many joint angles as possible, experiencing as much vast and varied load profiles as possible. And in doing so, now the adaptation process is, oh, I'm stable, strong, and resilient in this angle, in this angle, in this angle, in this angle. So now my body is potentially less likely to endure those over-repetition injuries that we see so often from people that do the same thing over and over and over again. So yes, not moving at all, being completely sedentary is not good. Also, to a certain extent, we can't we can't do the exact same thing all the time and think that we're going to reap the same benefits over a long enough timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, variety is absolutely the spice of life. <laughs> like it's so important. And I think, I mean, even for myself too, like I get in my, you know, reps where I'm like doing the same types of workouts all the time or the same, you know, I'm walking my dog or doing this and just having that like beginner's mindset, like you're talking about too, and the curiosity and willing to fail, willing to suck at something to give you that portal to then try something new makes all of this so much more interesting and exciting and like that resiliency and longevity so that you can continue to move for your entire life. Like it's so important. Yeah. You know, keep a child's mind, eat, leave the ego behind. Mm-hmm. Much easier said than done though. That is 100%. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I think that is, that is the, the journey of self mastery, you know, um, if you choose to take that path of always trying to be just a little bit better every day in some different way, it it is uncomfortable. It is a life of discomfort. And although they may be small discomforts, you when you find yourself in a place to where you are just comfortable and content, um, you are potentially no longer growing. So I think mm-hmm. it is it is easier said than done, but there there is a certain level of discomfort that is to be expected as part of growth. Yep. Amen. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by the Bodywork Starter Guide. When it comes to self-massage, you might be wondering if what you're doing is actually helping, or maybe you're wondering what you should be doing in the first place. Because massage is one of the best ways to erase tension, and it's super effective when you get into a regular routine. But you might be wondering, where the heck should you start? And why does it hurt so much to roll out your hips and hamstrings? Well, my Bodywork Starter Guide has you covered. You'll learn my favorite places to roll right now for quick relief, plus three reasons why stretching is only a temporary fix. And whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, bodywork can help. You can get the bodywork starter guide and get rolling right now by heading on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork. All right, let's get back to the show. So what about with like learning a new movement skill? Cause you know, we're talking about being a beginner and having that curiosity and, you know, when you watch the mini documentary, you will see like people standing on their hands and all, I mean, I was scrolling through your social media too. I was like, oh my gosh, like amazing, amazing hand balances and just like different types of strength things that are awesome and inspirational and people want to do. And then the question is like, okay, but where do I start? So whether it's like a push-up or a handstand push-up, like how, how should one go about learning a new movement skill? That's such a great question. And <laughs> I have to say that, you know, thanks to social media culture, we get to see a lot of really cool things. But on the flip side of that, when people see it, a lot of times people go, you know what, 
I should go try that right now. (laughs) (laughs) On a a stack of boxes or like something insane too, right? (laughs) I don't realize that there have been years and there have been multiple levels of progression that lead to that point. But we, you know, it's very, it's very human-like to see something just be like, I can totally do that. I'm going to go try to do that. Uh, so I think if, if anyone wants to learn a skill, I'm a huge advocate of finding a coach. So, you know, if you have a coach available to you that knows how to coach the thing that you want to learn, it's worth every penny. Mm-hmm. Things are a little bit different now. So you may not be able to find a coach as easily, or you may have to work with a coach online. And that's totally fine as well. That's still, there still is a lot of great value there to be had. But you know, what's the second best option is you go through some credible source that will take you from very first progression or introduction to this skill process all the way through to actually achieving that skill. And I think it's really important to mention here that achieving a skill like even a handstand can take upwards towards a year with consistent practice. So this is not something that you just go, oh yeah, I'm going to learn this in a workshop or I'm going to learn this tomorrow. Um, We have to really be realistic with ourselves on what we're willing to put in to achieving a skill. And Mm -hmm. then hopefully someone who has achieved that skill will go, do you have the next year of your life that you're willing to put into this? (laughs) And I'm just using that as an example. Obviously every skill is not going to take you a year, but uh, it is a journey. It is a process. And it's not like just you know, learning how to do a squat. I mean, when we're looking at high skill level movements, it's very demanding on our nervous system. It's very demanding on our musculoskeletal system. It's very demanding on, uh, it's a, it's a huge energetic demand on our brain and cognitive function. So there's just, there are so many levels to it, which make it a high skill practice, whatever it may be. So I think to go back and just reiterate, echo what I've already said, it's if you want to learn a thing, Start with a good coach or start with a good program that starts you at square one. And it just says, okay, you know, this is where we're going to start. And you may have to do some stuff that's not cool, not Instagrammable, not sexy, not flashy for a while because we're building the foundations that will eventually allow us to do the really, really cool stuff. And, you know, I'm a big advocate of this structure is what gives us freedom. You know, so having, especially when we look at something like animal flow or like dance or, or, you know, a really uh, dense movement skill, typically people don't just start dancing or, you know, doing animal flow or whatever, just like, I'm going to throw on some music and I'm just going to dance. Like, yeah, that can happen and there's freedom to that. But when we're talking about a high level of technique, you have to start with foundations and then it's repetition and time and consistency and working just outside of your current abilities so that we can again encourage this adaptation process. So there is, I think to me, freedom and getting to the point where we don't have to think about it. But once we get to that point, that means that we've already put in so many repetitions and so many hours of time with the structure so we can eventually enjoy the freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it takes time. I appreciate you saying that too, because like getting out of pain in itself is also a habit. It's a skill. It's, you know, retraining your brain and body, how to work together. And people get so discouraged when, you know, it's been six weeks and like things are not completely changed. And it's just like, 
the repetitions and the time and the practice. And also I think the, like giving yourself some grace too, of like, yeah, it's not linear ever and it takes mm-hmm. time. And like, it's the journey, right? That's it is. the exciting part. It is. And that's where the gems are. It's, it's in the journey. It's in the process. And um, I love that you mentioned it's not a linear process because it is not, you know, there are so many factors that go into proficiency at any skill that, you know, let's just go back to the hand handstand idea. When you're first finding some comfort in finding what would be considered like a balance, balance point where you're able to start to get into a handstand, but you fall out of it pretty quickly. You may get to this point one day where you're like, oh, I got like one second and it was the best thing ever. And then for two more weeks, you're able to go one second, then two seconds. And then the following week, you feel like you've never been on your hands before in your life and you can't even get <laughs> close to it. And that's yeah, that been there. <laughs> process, right? And that and giving yourself the ability to know that it's not always going to be, oh, I get better, I get better, I get better, I get better. It's, oh, I get a little bit better. I might get worse for a while. Oh, may I, maybe I get distracted and I do something completely different. And then, oh, now I'm back on it. And then there's a little bit of progress. So it, it is definitely not a linear path. I love that you said that. And you have to encourage people not to allow themselves to get frustrated. But it's like, hey, don't get pissed off. You can say that all day long. But it's really their self-challenge, right? Because mm-hmm. getting angry is not a good way to learn a new skill. No. <laughs> Not helpful. Not helpful at all. <laughs> oh, that's just, yeah, such great tips. And I think apply, you know, we're talking specifically about movement, but honestly, like that applies for just life in general. And like having this beginner's mindset and that curiosity. And I, I can't think of anything in life that's like super, super linear. It just doesn't work that way because, you know, you wake up one day and even like your physiology, like as a woman, your physiology is totally different, you know? So like you can't expect to show up the same day after day after day because that's just that's not how stuff works. It's so true. It's so true. So we just have to, to factor that into the equation. Some days mm-hmm. it's going to align with who I am that day. Some days it is not. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. 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 I love it. I love it so much. So what about for you and like your movement practice right now? Like what kind of stuff are you working on? Yeah. So uh, the staples for me, I still have uh, my base body weight strength practice is always is always part of my practice. So, you know, when I say that, I mean, you know, some of the more high skill level exercises like, you know, doing strict muscle ups, human flags, handstand push up work, etc. That's always going to be a base of my training because it is a good indicator of where I'm at with my ability to move my body through space. So where is my strength? as it pertains to my own body load versus external load. So that's always going to be a foundational in my training, but I will, I do also go through phases of doing loaded stuff. So let's say for an example, maybe uh, my body weight movement is a pistol squat and then I load up and do front squats or deadlifts or kettlebells or whatever. Um, So that's always, that's my strength training. And then my animal flow is my free movement. So I really look at that, those as being complementary to each other. So if I have my very linear sagittal plane dominant, dominant strength building movements, I always have to have my 
free flow, animal flow, moving through all joint angles, all planes of motion. And um, that's just served me very well over the past 10 years. And I'm sure it will, in one way or, or another, make up the bulk of my training for the rest of my life. But also I do dabble and there's a really great dance studio here called block 1750 and whenever i can i get over there and just get real uncomfortable and take some of those classes uh whether they be modern or contemporary dance or uh sometimes i'll get back into breaking a little bit so that's that's pretty much how i'm training and that's that's what keeps me happy and healthy and moving well Mm -hmm. do you have a background in dance or is this something that you just decide to get uncomfortable with and started dancing? Yeah, it's just totally, it's a hundred percent something that my, my mother was a dancer and a dance instructor teacher. Uh, but I was, you know, when she was a, a teacher, I was just a little kid. So I would like sit in the class and watch them. So it's been kind of ingrained and in part of my DNA, I believe, but it's not something that I really ever even began to explore until, uh, 10 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Oh man. I, Cause every time I've taken a dance class too, I'm like in the back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, don't look at me in the mirror. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing, but it's so much fun to like, just have fun, you know? Yeah. And if you want to get truly uncomfortable, go to any dance class, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. talk about getting uncomfortable. And especially if you can find a, a really great place that offers dance classes where it's a come as you are environment, and like everyone's welcome, like this place that I'm talking about, uh, it makes it really fun because it's just like, it's okay. You're terrible. It's okay. Keep coming back. <laughs> You'll be less terrible next time. <laughs> yes. I love that. I love that so much. Um, and what about if people are interested in animal flow, you guys have on demand and do you have live classes? Like I know there's an online portal. Tell me more. Yeah. So we have a couple of different ways that you can experience animal flow. We do have a animal flow on demand channel, which is an app and you know, you can access it on your computer on that channel. We have classes, tutorials, and flows. So we have tons of content there. If someone just wants to try out a class for free, they can go to our YouTube channel. Just look for animal flow on YouTube, hang out with us, take one of the classes there. Uh, we do have I think close to 12,000 instructors globally. So if you're still on the Facebook, you can usually find a Facebook group where that might be in your area. So that's also a way. And then on Instagram as well, a lot of the, the Instagram handles. So it might be, you know, um, animal flow in Serbia or whatever. And then you can find people who might be in your area and you can possibly get together for a jam or maybe find an instructor. Um, by the time people hear this or see this, we should have our directory up on the animal mm. website. So if you're looking for an instructor or classes near you, you can definitely go to that. You can also go to animal flow official on Instagram where you can find zoom classes with different instructors. So pretty much if you just search animal flow, you'll find some stuff. You'll yeah. Find a lot of stuff out there. Okay. Well, I have no more excuses now. I will get my butt <laughs> into an animal flow experience. <laughs> And what about for you on social, if people want to come uh, follow you and hang out and see what you're up to? Uh, it's mikeswitch.af. Okay. On Instagram or on all the places? Sorry, on Instagram. And yeah, that's pretty much all, I, all I'm on really is Instagram. You're not addicted to all social medias on every platform? No, I'm, not. I'm so the opposite. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I guess I have to do this to some extent. Uh, 
Yeah. I'm so jealous. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's like all the things I do, like mobility wise and movement wise are to offset all the technology stuff that I do for work. <laughs> well, right. And that's, I feel like that is, uh, I, I can't remember who I heard that from last, but they said that exercise is a supplement to mm-hmm. us not living the way our body was intended to live. Right. So mm-hmm. it, it, we do have to do all of this work because we're no longer moving the way that we've evolved to move. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for spending time chatting with us and helping us to get outside of our comfort zones and learn some new stuff. I'm extremely tempted to go check out the schedule at the dance studio in my neighborhood. <laughs> go yes. I'll let you know how it goes. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been awesome. You're so welcome. And uh, just to mention again, the, the little mini documentary that you had mentioned earlier is just called We Invite You to Move. So if anyone wants to see that and Hopefully pick up a little bit of inspiration, search that, check it out. Yeah. Awesome. And I will link to everything that you mentioned as well into the description for today's show too. Great. Okay. Are you ready to like go try to do handstands? Anyone? Anyone? Just just me. (laughs) But I would love to hear what your biggest takeaway was from today's episode. Maybe you had a light bulb moment. Maybe there was an aha. Maybe you have more questions. Take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. I'm at Halafamala. Definitely let Mike know what you thought about today's conversation as well. Again, he's at MikeFitch.af. And send us your questions. You can also find me, of course, on Instagram or TikTok at AE Wellness. You can leave a message on the Body Nerd hotline at 818-396-6501. If you'd rather send an email, you can do that at hello at aewellness.com. And don't forget that show notes, fun links, free downloads, the Body Nerds group, and all things podcast related live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. And you know the drill because I ask you every single time. And to be honest, it really does make a difference when you subscribe, review, and share these episodes. And I appreciate you if you've taken the time to do that, even if you're just, you know, texting this uh, episode to someone else who's like also a movement nerd and like also wants to learn how to move better and feel better. I appreciate you. Thank you. So here's to asking better questions, moving more, being willing to try something new, and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and that you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks and body work is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.